Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and I'll be your host on this journey through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond. Thank you for tuning in to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I sure appreciate you checking out the show, and I hope you enjoy it. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating and review, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. One of the many interesting shows on the network is Emily Missed Out. Hosts Emily and Brianne watch classic movies that Emily has never seen and try to determine if she's missed out or not. Check out the full network of shows at www.albertapodcastnetwork.com and have a listen to this message from Emily Missed Out. Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Brienne, and together we make Emily Missed Out, a podcast where Emily and I dig into the long list of films that she hasn't seen yet. It's a very long list. Totally long list. And help her catch up on all of the pop culturally relevant lines, characters, scenes, and tropes that she may have missed out on. We're also a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can find us online at albertapodcastnetwork.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Join us for my pop culture education. Yeah. This past weekend, I was uh, really excited to volunteer at the Calgary edition of Brewery and the Beast uh, here at Fort Calgary. This is an event that I've wanted to attend for a couple of years now, but when I went online a couple months ago, the tickets were already sold out. Luckily, though, there were some volunteers, uh, volunteer opportunities available, so I signed up as a vendor host, which mostly meant bringing bags of charcoal to the cooks at the different tents. It also meant lots of time to sample the great food being cooked up. Check out breweryandthebeast.com for details, and I'll be sure to get back there next year. Time now for the Canadian Barbecue Society competition update. This past weekend in Niagara Falls, Ontario, was the Summer Days BBQ Classic. 23 teams competed, and big congrats to Grand Champion Team Shortsville Smokers and RGC Team Behind Barbecue. It's Labor Day weekend coming up here, and in... uh, Calgary is Barbecue on the Bow Saturday and Sunday, as well as the brand new Prairie Dog on the Bow competition being held on Holiday Monday. There are also two backyard events out in Quebec on the long weekend, Festigrille Côte Nord in Setil and uh, Le Festigrille de Granby in Granby. September 21st in La Bonté, Quebec is La Classique La Bonté backyard contest, and September 22nd in Lumsden, Saskatchewan is another backyard event, Smoke in the Valley. The final event on the Canadian Barbecue Society calendar for this year goes October 5th, Portneuf Barbecue in Portneuf, Quebec, which is a backyard event. For full details and calendar events, check out the Canadian Barbecue Society website at www.cbbqs.ca. Well, I've been looking forward to bringing this one to you all for a while now. After trying to pull it together for about a month, I was finally able to sit down with David Farron, owner of Eau Claire Distillery, a couple of weeks ago during their Open Farm Days event. I first heard the story of how the distillery came to be back in May when we were out there during the Way Out West Fest, and I've been wanting to share it with you ever since. As is often the case, things didn't quite go as planned, and we ended up recording in David's truck driving back to his farm from the distillery to pick up a couple of horses and a pair of stubborn oxen. Enjoy the show, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, and we're uh, we're recording on the go. Today, I'm out in Turner Valley, and really uh, happy to be welcomed by David Farron from Eau Claire Distillery here, and we're actually in David's truck on the way back to the, the farm, I guess, from the distillery to pick up some horses. Is that what we're doing? That's right. We're heading out to get some horses and some oxen. Uh, and the, the oxen. Uh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Right. Used in an event today at the distillery. Yeah. 
out here for open farm days and you guys are doing some stuff with that we'll talk about that a bit but uh, how I like to start and more often than not I'm talking to barbecue people so I asked them their barbecue story of how they got into the the barbecue world but kind of tell me about your background and uh... well um, my background in barbecue is um, is mostly as a consumer as a consumer uh, which, which I'm very uh, proud to do I'm an avid consumer excellent um, my uh, my background in the uh, um, industry in the distilling industry dates back to my early career when I worked for Big Rock Brewery yep. as one of the first employees right and then uh, um, I did that for a number of years now of course that's not distilling but uh, that's making beer yeah and then uh, I went through a few different career changes I was in the veterinary industry and uh, and was sort of a part-time farmer in some ways and a horse farmer and a lot of friends I uh, used to sit around afterwards and say you know we're producing all of this uh, this grain it's too small a quantity to be shipping to the Canadian wheat board but right. uh, but it's it's too much not to do anything with it so um, we decided uh, over a whiskey one day that we should be making whiskey making whiskey that's, uh, I guess that kind of explains how Eau Claire Distillery kind of came to be. Tell the story of how that all developed, I guess. I know there was quite a process. Yeah, I, in the very beginning, it, was, um, it wasn't allowed in Alberta. Right. So, you know, we had this great uh, idea that would not be fun. Uh, but when we actually looked into it, they had this uh, incredible volume requirement right. that was really a post-prohibition era. Um, you know, they wanted big, big facilities so they could keep an eye on them. Yeah. So we uh, um, we were downhearted, and uh, I had talked to uh, an old colleague who I worked with, at Big Rock, Larry Kerwin. He'd done some of the pre-research actually at Big Rock. Uh, Big Rock um, at the time when Ed McDowney had been looking at doing a distillery, and then realized it was the late '80s and then probably wasn't a good time, it, you know, for something that requires you know maybe eight years of yeah. aging. So so anyway, so. Uh, we pursued, and we kind of gambled that um, that there would be a change in regulation because we'd seen it in, in British Columbia, we'd seen it throughout the U.S. And the other thing was is that in the fine print of the regulation, it said that you had 18 months to come up with, uh, or, or to produce that that amount. Okay. And we thought, well, by that time, we'll be well established. We sort of wrote out a plan that showed that if we added a few tanks here and there, um, you know, on paper, certainly not in reality, yep. we could have reached that yep. size. Yep. So that's uh, so. How long ago did you start that operation? So that was in uh, really the the idea uh, conception was in uh, 2013. Okay. Um, and we were producing by uh, about April of 2015. So it came together yeah. fairly quickly once you got uh, once you got the ball rolling. It did, yeah. So we we knew what we we needed to do. I mean, yeah. it was still it was a, a long process, um, like almost a year before our equipment arrived, right? Because uh, we, we wanted the best equipment we could get, and it came from Germany, and so that was a long period of time. Between, right. So visiting the distillery, what can uh, a couple of deer there? Uh, yeah. Uh, what can people expect to see uh, coming out to tour the distillery? Well, we've really tried to make the distillery so it's friendly for visitors because um, we're uh, great advocates of transparency. Mm -hmm. The uh, the industry is, is full of sort of myth 
visit, they can go through, they can see the, uh, uh, the distillery taking place and um, all of the other uh, activities, including the bottling. And then more recently, we have added a whole uh, a new component, which is we've purchased seven acres behind us, right. and uh, we're slowly developing that into a distillery garden where we've planted a lot of the botanicals that we use in our products. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we planted a, um, a field of barley so that we can show people on site how we uh, horse farm. Yeah. And uh, we put in a, a, a nice tent where uh, we can hold events. Right. And uh, and do producer dinners. Yeah. So it's been very very popular over the summer. Yeah. We were out in May for the Whale West Fest. Right. And we got to help, uh, get help, I guess, uh, with the seeding of the, the section of the barley there. So I'm kind of yeah, excited great. to see it today to see yeah. how it's doing when we uh, coming from that. So I guess that kind of leads into the farm to glass philosophy. Um, where yeah. does that, that, obviously that comes from your kind of farming background, but talk about that, uh, that process. Well, I think that it's kind of interesting as the industry is developed and particularly in the new um, sort of craft section or sector of the, of the industry, uh, it seems obvious that one should be using grain all the way through and right. be proud of using Alberta barley. Yeah. Um, but it's not always used. Quite often, uh, you know, it'll be bulk alcohol that's purchased and uh, um, and then flavored. Okay. So, so we're really, uh, you know, our our whiskey is truly uh, farm to glass, where uh, you know we're we're actually uh, producing that that grain. Right. Um, and if we're not, um, because obviously we can't produce enough for all, all of our products, um, we can source it right from the the source. So right. we. Take great pride in making sure that uh, that people are aware that this is um, a a product that has terroir that reflects um, Southern Alberta in both flavor and uh, and from an agricultural production standpoint. Right, and talk about the uh, the horses. I guess that's part of the farm uh, the farming, right? Well, the horses are the fun part. Yeah. Um, you know, so that that was the the hobby that uh, that is sort of morphed into. Uh, Distillery, but um, you know, a hundred years ago, um, everything on the prairie was done by horses, yep. and very few people know how to farm with horses now. You know, there's lots of uh, draft horses that are used for carriages and for you know, um, moving people around or weddings for show. Yeah. For show. Yeah. But the the art of using them um, as work animals has died out with previous generations. So there's a little bit of what we're doing um, that is relating to um, preserving knowledge and uh, and preserving the actual uh, breeds of the workhorses. Right. So we do a lot of uh, sort of instructional things. We've brought up people from the states in the past to, to teach us how to do it, and I think we share a lot of information as teamsters, um, you know, together. And it's, it's a lot of camaraderie that goes along with that. I would think, yeah. Um, and and in the in the long run, I think that we're going to uh, you know preserve a, a body of knowledge that would have otherwise disappeared. Right. Yeah. So you for your seven acres, you use the horses there, and you've done some uh, things with some other farming areas around. We have. So every year uh, we work with Parks Canada at right. the Bar Baru Ranch, yeah. and um, and we do about twelve. I, th I think it varies between twelve and fifteen acres. Um, and then we have a, a friend that has a place out by uh, Langdon 
part of the story I loved was the the horses and using those to do all the to work the land. It was great and uh, very yeah. neat to see that. And it's a it's a lot of fun. And, Botanicals in it. 
sell that, um, you know, by the bucket full in places like uh, uh, Chicago because it's such a unique thing for uh, the bartenders there because right. they just yeah. don't have something like, different. Yeah. But in between, amongst all of that, um, our our goal is to produce um, single malt whiskey, which right. there's never been a single malt whiskey produced in Alberta yet. We ship our uh, our barley to Scotland so they can make scotch, okay. and yet we've never made it here. Really? So I didn't that's, know that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I think the, the stat is about 80% of scotch is made with Alberta barley. Wow. So, oh, that's so we, uh, we, we felt that that was a point of pride and principle that yeah. we should be able to produce that here. Yeah. And, uh, so we've done that and uh, made some rye, and uh, but you know the the challenge of making whiskey is you've got to have great patience, time, right? Uh, it's all about time. So yes. it has to sit in that wood for a minimum of three years, but okay. of course, really doesn't gain its uh, you know its its full potential until between five and eight years, right? Even beyond that. So that's for the single malt you're talking about. That's for the single malt. Right. Yeah, that's right. So so we're pretty excited. We're at that five year mark. Okay. We've done teasers um, where we've uh, released some of it um, in small batches, yeah. and uh, it's been sold out immediately. I oh, think uh, the last one we did on uh, online, and it sold out in two and a half hours. Right. So, oh wow! So you, yeah, so you have a single malt out available now, right? Yeah. And that is so that's what three year aged or what? Uh, it's three years old. That's, three, that's okay. right. Yeah. But it's uh, is again lim limited, and we we've been releasing it uh, right after harvest because okay. it's time in their harvest. I would say, like wine, it's as close to a terroir as you can get. So how would it compare to a, a scotch, flavor-wise? Um, Obviously, there's a range of flavors. It, it is. There, but, uh, you know, we can't call it scotch. No, I, I realize uh, that. <laughs> but it, it, it is a scotch. Right. And yeah. uh, we're very proud that this year, um, our single malt whiskey won uh, not only um, a Canadian uh, Whiskey Distillery of the Year, nice. um, and this was in... challenge. 
made on the same principles, and we don't uh, um, we don't allow it to have that harshness. It's right. the cuts that we have uh, uh, in the pr uh, production process. Access granted. <laughs> You're in. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying the uh, the rye. Uh, so we're at the uh, at the farm now. So we'll maybe pause and then we'll pick this up on the way back to the distillery. This week's episode is brought to you by ATB Financial. It's the end of August, and I can't believe how quickly the summer has seemed to has seemed to have flown by. The one good thing about it is that hockey season is just around the corner. ATB is a proud supporter of hockey across Alberta. From grassroots to pro, ATB helps teams across the province and the countless volunteers that make community hockey possible. If you want a bank that doesn't keep you on the bench, visit atb.com slash hockey for all the details. All right, we'll pick back up. We've uh, we got two horse and two oxen loaded in the trailer now. Yeah, it's Not been a bit of an adventure. A bit of an adventure, yeah. So we were talking about, you kind of went through the product line. Where can folks find your products? Liquor stores all over, kind of, and you said you are kind of across North America? Yeah, we're, um, I mean, certainly in Alberta, we're very well represented. We're in about 600 locations across the province, wow, so yeah. you should be able to uh, find it in most places. And uh, um, we have, uh, our gin is in uh, in some of the larger stores in the LCBO in uh, in Ontario. Right. And we are in uh, different outlets uh, in five different states across the U.S. So also we're in uh, um, Florida, we're in uh, New York, we're in uh, Chicago, um, and uh, throughout California, and also in uh, um, just entering into Texas. Uh, Excellent. So Texas is a big barbecue spot, so... Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, they always describe Alberta as Little Texas. Little so. Texas, absolutely, yeah. So that's great. And you do, uh, you kind of touched on it a little, and Open Farm Days today is one of those, but you do a lot of special events out at the distillery, so kind of talk about uh, some of the different things you're doing there. We do. Um, you know, we have events that are both at the distillery and outside the distillery. Um, we're very community-minded, and so we're uh, um, at a lot of different places uh, in support of charity. Tour, how does that how do you get a booked in for a tour with the process and where are you 
Uh, so we're about uh, 35 minutes south of Calgary, uh, 45 minutes from downtown Calgary in the southwest in a town called Turner Valley. Right. And uh, Turner Valley has got lots to see and do. It's very historic. It has the original uh, oil and gas plant uh, that was built in 1914. It is now a historic site. Um, it's of course the heart of ranching country and we have uh, the Bar U Ranch that's very close by. Right. And just Certainly uh, make a great little day trip for coming up Calgary, right? Yep, yep. It's a, yep. It's a good spot to visit. I think one of the most picturesque parts of Alberta. It is uh, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I'll be throwing some pictures uh, up on my social media. And I guess that's uh, kind of jump back. You were just talking about the location and something you had mentioned when we were out in May about the, some of the history of your building where you are at the distillery. Well, it's got some great history yeah. to it. So uh, the, the building itself was built in uh, 1929. It was built originally as a theater and had an orchestra pit and uh, um, done up in style. And then when they invented the cinema, yeah. um, it uh, turned into a, a you know a, a full movie theater. Movie theater yeah. And uh, it ran until 19, uh, tw uh, 1996, recently, until... That's a wrap, everybody. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. Thank you to David at Eau Claire Distillery, and especially to Ashley and Chelsea for their assistance in pulling it all together. Check them out at eauclairedistillery.ca and pay them a visit in beautiful Turner Valley, Alberta. Wherever you are, I encourage you to get out and support your local barbecue joints. If you're here in Alberta, do me a favor and check out the Alberta Barbecue Trail page at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca for a listing of all the great barbecue joints in Alberta. While you're there on the website, check out the shop page uh, to see the t-shirts I have for sale and message me if you're interested. I've been asking you all here for a while now to try and spread a little love and positivity while you go about your day. Hit me up on social media to let me know what you've been doing and to bring some joy to those around you. I'm on Twitter at Eat More Barbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at Eat underscore more underscore barbecue. And the email is eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. Till next time, folks, keep on smoking. 
This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB and is a production of www.eatmorebarbecue.ca. Thank you.